Bro, I am so sorry, man. Bro, I've been here for 30 minutes. You know I gotta see my girl's mom today, bro. I texted you that. Wait, what day is it? You know it's fucking Bro, Tuesday. she's about to break up with me, bro. Dude, I am so sorry about that, but I, I'm serious. I have a legitimate reason for not being here. Oh, dude, you better have a good reason, dude. You no, know he ain't got shit. Dude, I'm serious, man. I was in a fresh jumpsuit, you know, the three black stripe Adidas, and I was down in the this Tros. This said, what? Man, I was in the Tros, and I was walking with my two pit bulls. I had Nene and Hoo-Hoo. And you know, Hoo-Hoo's the sister of Nene, so I had to bring them together. And they were barking, <laughs> and they were yelling, and it was crazy. I couldn't control them. And so I had to go back up to the crib. And then when I went to the crib, the first thing I hear is... And then, man, I'm freaking out, man. I'm throwing out things. I know you got warrants. It's 12? Dude, 12. I'm talking 5-0. I'm, I was thinking it was the SA to the WAT, man. <laughs> I know I'm not that high, but I thought it was... The Cool J? Yeah, I thought it was SWAT team. And so I went up to the door, and I peeped in the pee hole, and I was like, yo, man, who's this? I couldn't barely identify. And so I opened the door, and the first thing I see is this fine-ass girl. And what I'm thinking, though, is is that she was dressed real like a matriarch. You know what I'm saying? And so I didn't know I how to approach what? her. Yeah, and I, then she came out. And the first thing, she had a satchel bag. And when she reached into it, I thought she was going to pull the toolie on me. And I was like, no. And then the first thing she did was she pulled out a Bible. And she said, what do you believe in? And I said, man, I believe in giving haircuts. And I believe in God. And then after that, she was like, well, let me tell you something. You ever been a witness before? And I was like, a witness to what? I see my friends do bad things. And I mean, I wish I was a fly on the wall. And then she was like, no, don't worry about that. I'm talking about sin throughout your body. I'm talking about being a witness to something greater than yourself, greater than this haircut, greater than your baby mama, if you can believe that. And so she pulled out the Bible and she preached to me and I bought into the word. And that's why I'm late, B. Bro, you could have told me all this while you were giving me a haircut. Straight up. Man, I know y'all tripping about the cut. This crackhead, man. Line me up, bro. Man. All right, so when's the last time you got a haircut? Oh gosh, I really don't even remember. Uh, Maybe two or three years ago. I'm really trying to grow out my hair right now. Three years ago? Yeah. Wait, you you don't like maintain it or? I mean, okay, I used to straighten my hair a lot, so it would like always break off and split ends. But now that it's like curly and in locks, like it looks super short, but it actually stretches out like way longer than it is. So are you mixed? Oh, yeah, definitely. My dad's from Nigeria. My mom's white. So education is, like, really important in your family? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Because my dad's a Nigerian immigrant, he came over here on a student visa. Um, And, yeah, education was always first and foremost in our household. Like, you came home with A's or you didn't come home. (laughs) Really? What would happen if you came home with not A's? I mean, it happened once. Um, I just got the talk as a um, man. I think I was a sixth grader. I had a 1B, and they're like, wow, we are... Is mainly your dad or your mom, too? Oh, both of them. Uh, we're kind of disappointed. I, we think you can do better. And I was like, I, I was crushed. Yeah, I definitely could do better. Always did. It wasn't like something crazy. Like, when I oh, came home, oh. I, I, I didn't come home. Like, I was like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> for real. Like, I'd, they chased no, me no. or something. It'd be crazy. Like, no, I'd be so nervous. the power of disappointment. That's that's what they use. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, So your dad came from Nigeria. And yeah, so um, your mother was from America already? Yeah. um, Her family's in Iowa, mostly. So they're pretty much a bunch of German farmers. But, I mean, everyone speaks English now. So, um, Were they religious at all? 
Yes, my mom's family is actually Roman Catholic all the way. Okay, and your dad's side? I, I was actually a little confused about that growing up. Um, whenever we'd ask him, like, so dad, what religion are you? He always told me Buddhist. I believed that up until I was like 10 years old. And then my mom's like, he's not actually Buddhist. I was like, wait, what? Um, my dad just kind of thought religion was a joke for the longest time. Um, and then he just suddenly became Christian all of a sudden when I was in middle school. I don't really know what happened there. Just out of nowhere? Yeah, okay. Where they raise you as? Well, out of nowhere in that, I think it was a reaction to my mom's religion. Um, when I was growing up, I was probably five when my mom converted. Um, so, like, she had been a lapsed Catholic for a while. Converted and, to what? Uh, she became one of Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, so, like, I was there for that baptism. It was good. It was a pretty fun congregation. We had lots of, you know, people my age there. Um, and she wanted to raise me and my siblings as uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, which my dad said was fine as long as she didn't take us out door to door because he thought that would make us weird. Um, so, yeah. So, wait, it's not something that... So, she converted then. So, I'm she confused. Did. Explain this whole Jehovah's Witness thing. What's what's the point of it? Like, what's the basis of it? Give me the rundown. Okay. Um, all I know is the door-to-door thing, and that's okay. just because of the movies. I have no idea what else they believe in. Oh, all right. Okay, so Jehovah's Witnesses um, are a branch, I guess, of Christianity. I suppose they would fall under evangelicals because they go about evangelizing very firmly, believe that that's like a tenet of their faith. That's something that they must do. Um, they believe in the Bible, um, a rather literal interpretation of most of it. Um, let's see. Some of the weird things that you might hear in pop culture, I mean, apart from, like, the door-to-door jokes, um, they don't celebrate holidays uh, due to pagan roots. They don't take blood transfusions due to a biblical command that says keep abstaining from blood, um, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um... And they try their best to adhere to the Bible's commands um, regarding, like, morality. Um, yeah. That sounds all right. I mean, yeah, so far. Um, Wait, blood transfusions, you need if they're sick? Yeah, even if they're sick. So, like, really, really sick. Like, if there's a car accident and, like, you're bleeding out, you're about to die, it's kind of like, well, are you, how much faith do you have sort of thing? Now, granted... In uh, recent years, like the past, I don't know, 30 years, there's been a lot of advances in modern medical technology. So blood transfusions aren't necessary a lot of the time. Um, They have things like volume expanders. They have... um, Going over my head. Oh, I mean, okay. There's lots of things that doctors can do to fix a person without pumping someone else's blood. (laughs) Okay. Um, So your mother went door to door, though. Absolutely. Did you go with her occasionally? Oh, yes. Yeah. Every uh, Saturday, sometimes Sundays, too. Um, So did my sister. So you go to church and everything on Sundays, too? Yes. We also had Bible study in the middle of the week. And back in the day, we also used to have like a third weekly meeting called like the Theocratic Ministry School, where we learned how to go door to door. Um, All Jehovah's Witnesses do it like this. They're weekly meeting, Sunday, and the door to door thing. I mean, the devout ones, yeah. Um, did you tell people that you were a Jehovah's Witness or? I mean, it, it kind of comes out. Like if you're in elementary school, oh, kind of forgot one of the things. Um, like 
in most American schools, or at least the ones in Texas, you start off the day with like the pledge to the American and Texas flags. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses don't do that. We don't pledge our allegiance to a country. Like that belongs to God. Um, so like as a kindergartner, like your teacher's telling you to stand up, put your hand over your heart, recite these words, and you're like, I can't do that. Um, sometimes the teacher doesn't always understand. Um, sometimes it's viewed as like a disciplinary issue. Now, I was lucky. My teachers knew that I was a good child. They didn't quite understand it, so I tried to explain the best I could, but, you know, trying for a kindergartner to explain what allegiance is and what it means to them, um, it's kind of rough. So sometimes the parents have to kind of help them out and have a parent-teacher conference. And, uh, so yeah. you don't serve in the military or anything? Oh, no, no. Um, like <laughs> Serving in the military, that would be like... Like, if, if they did serve in the military, like, you know, enlist, then if another Jehovah's Witness in another country did that, then, like, they would totally be, like, possibly pitted against each other to kill each other. And that's, I mean, killing each other first off isn't cool, like, humans in general, but to kill another brother of your faith, that's truly ridiculous. Um, yeah, so no military service. No Pledge of Allegiance, no, so baseball games, not standing, like... Um, as far as standing goes, um, usually we would stand to show respect, but like to put one's hand over their heart, um, no. Um, to say these words, no, I definitely don't believe in those words. Were other kids in your school Jehovah's Witnesses too, or? I think there was one other girl that I knew of in my kindergarten class, and then my older sister was, and she was in third grade, so I think there were three of us that I knew of. Oh, so it wasn't common at all? Oh, no, hardly. I don't know any. Actually, you're the first one I've ever met. Oh, well, congrats. It's awesome. Okay, well, I, don't I mean... Even know. I, f- heard, I feel like it's like a like a unicorn. Like, I don't know like what I'm supposed to ask. I don't know what I'm supposed to see. I mean, like, that's fair. You I seem mean, normal enough. To, to be fair, I'm not one anymore, so, like, maybe you'll find that unicorn someday, but... We're yeah. going to get into that. Um, All right. So, um, did you feel isolated, kind of, because you were Jehovah's Witness, or did that really even sink in at that point? You're still a kid. I mean, we're still kids. We're all kids. Um... I mean, the only time that I felt kind of, like, weird about stuff was in my first grade class. They were doing a unit studying all, like, the different traditions that are, like, part of America around Christmas time. So um, they were talking about Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Um, and then, of course, it culminates in, like, a Christmas party. Now, I don't celebrate Christmas or any of these holidays. Um, so they would like give me an alternate activity like coloring or whatever. Sometimes they would send us down to the library to do that alternate activity. Um, but in this case I was, no, I was definitely still like coloring in my classroom while they're passing out candy and cookies and whatnot to other students. But I was, I was fine with this. I really liked coloring. Um, you you didn't get the cookies or anything. I mean, I definitely had the option to, but I felt like, no, I, at that point, like as a six year old first grader, I had like I realized that these practices displeased God as I knew him at the time um, because of their pagan influences. And I was like, I don't want to make God angry. Like, I'm good. I can eat cookies some other time. Um, because like what your parents tell you at that time, you take as gospel. Like, that's just what I'm going to do. I mean, it wasn't necessarily what my parents said. It was my understanding of the Bible at that point. And like, we read the Bible quite a bit. When you're six? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
but like uh, we're talking about like the time I felt like maybe kind of isolated they had just finished reading like a book um I forget which one it's something about like a kid hears a bell and he knows that Santa's coming but if they like don't believe in Santa they can't hear the bells anymore and the teacher passed out at like a bunch of little jingly bells and so like girl Lindsay what a butthead she's like jingling the bell and she's like it's okay (laughs) well I mean it's not really my style but yeah um, bitch. Okay, Lindsay, go ahead. <laughs> she's jingling the bell, and she's like, Andy can't hear it. And I was like, yes, I can. And she's like, you don't believe in Santa. You're not going to get any gifts. And I was like, in my head, I know Santa's not real. Your parents are lying to you. But I also her had like... Her Don't worry about it. <laughs> I also had like the calm and poise to know that like, this is something that you don't ruin for other children. Their parents are lying to them. That will be like punishment enough. I relate enough. so fucking much. It's crazy. Because like... <laughs> Hindu, right? So at Christmas time, okay. right? So yeah. I mean, I'm not. I don't really consider myself Hindu anymore, but mm-hmm. dude, like they would, they would Christmas carol along. So why aren't you coming? Bomb? I don't. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah. what, what do you? You're going to hell. This is what I remember him, Ryan. You're going to hell, and I. I didn't he even take offense to that? it, but I don't believe in hell, so it's not even like an insult to me. So I'm like, what is that even? Okay, like. <laughs> It's really honestly kind of He didn't know anyone. He was a big boy. He ate a lot of cupcakes and he had issues with that. So I think he (laughs) he drowned his insecurities in cupcakes. I don't know. I didn't feel too bad. He was cool though. I think he's a chef right now. He's he's a cool guy. At that time though, fifth grade. But it it, it makes an impression on you. You're like, I felt isolated for sure. Like Okay. But just the jingly thing, that's it. Yeah, that was the only thing that like kind of got under my skin, but I was like, other than that, no, I I feel like there was, like, later on in life, there's some Jehovah's Witness children who um, I met that, like, they definitely did the whole living a double lifestyle sort of thing. Like, they'd be one way when they're at the, the Kingdom Hall, which is what we call our, the worship in facility. In elementary school or when you got older? Um, a little bit of both. Like, it starts early with some kids. Um, they'd be one way at school and then one way when they're out with their parents and worshiping. So. Did you judge other, like kids like harshly too Woo. um i'm trying to get past that but yes um like other like students who shared my faith, like if someone took the cookie you'd be like oh no. you tell somebody when you tattletale oh n- not tattletale just like man god knows what you did shame yeah shame bitch shame <laughs> <laughs> yeah shame's powerful though um, shame's really powerful that it is yeah and um, when you start going door to door, what age? Um, well, my mom was baptized when I was five, but like y- you have to study to like be qualified to baptize or be baptized. Um, it's not something that you can just like walk, wake up, walk in, and be like, I want to be a Jehovah's Witness. No, you have to. You learn some things, um, and you demonstrate by your lifestyle that this is a step that you want to take. So like she had been working up to that point. Um, I think she first started going when I was around three and like my older sister was in school at that point, but I wasn't. So I would, I would just go with her. Um, Why did she convert? Um, so like, it's kind of hard for me to say I was a three-year-old, but later in life she mentioned that, um, she was really concerned about like what was going to happen to like my sister and I as children because like we weren't christened as Catholics and so like technically we weren't saved forever but she didn't really subscribe to the Catholic faith in general but something within her like realized that she needed 
to do something about our everlasting eternal soul life, etc. So when the Jehovah's Witnesses came to her door, she um, was she, she going through something at the time that made her. I mean, it's really hard for me to say as like a three year old. I don't know. You never asked your mom about that. Um. No, she mentioned that she was, like, getting ready to divorce my dad, so I don't know what was going on there. I was pretty oblivious as a three-year-old. But um, they came to her door, and they, like, showed her stuff from the Bible. She really liked how they used their Bible. Okay. Um, And, like, well, maybe divorce isn't quite the way that you should go about doing this, so she stayed with my dad for quite a bit more. Um, That might have been the triggering point. It may have been. Okay. And yeah. then, and then, so you said you have to take class. You have to know, have a lot of knowledge about it before you can, yeah. like a test or something. Uh, not quite a test. It's not like a closed book test, but you do need to understand like some of the central um, tenets of the faith. Kind of, it sounds weird to call them tenets. That's not what they call them, but like the uh, the dogma. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what is the, like, is like the, is there a ceremony, like a ritual, like in a room with people in robes and the candles and hot wax and you just pour it on your body? Like, what, what's going happening? <laughs> Whoa, that sounded so foreign. <laughs> uh, no, um, in the, within the faith, like, if you're, um, you've progressed to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm thinking about baptism. So you uh, talk to some of the elders in the church, or they, they don't call it a church, but you talk to some of the you elders. call them elders. Yeah, elders. Okay. Um, so, like, the guys who run Sounds the Sounds like Lord of the Rings or something. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, you talk to some of the guys who are like running the congregation um, or shepherding the flock and they're like, okay, um, they come over to your house or you can go over to the hall if you don't want them at your house. And uh, they'll ask you a couple of questions. Um, things like, okay, what happens to you after you die? And you answer using like scriptural evidence. Now you don't have to know exactly where to find the scriptures, but you do have to like answer according to like what the Jehovah's Witnesses believe. Um, and if you're slightly wrong, they'll like, oh, well, maybe you need to like study up some more. Cause like, this is actually what the Bible says in this point. Um, what is the answer to that? Uh, what was the question again? Like, do you believe, what happens after you die or something like that? Okay, so what according to the Jehovah's Witness belief, what happens after you die? Um, you essentially turn back into dust, so you're dead. Uh, you don't real, you don't have a soul that's separate from you. You're you're dead. Now, we're like, wait, that doesn't sound like fun. Um, so if you are judged righteous, eventually. Um, you um, can attain the hope of everlasting life in a paradise of earth um, after God like cleanses everything and everything. Um, or if you're one of the chosen anointed 144,000, which is like a number mentioned a lot in Revelation, the Jehovah's Witness interpretation of that is that um, those 144,000 people um, who have been chosen by like Christ himself get to go to heaven. So, like, some people have a heavenly hope. Some people have an earthly hope. Most people have it's an earthly hope. a battle royale up in this bitch. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah, so I was under the impression that if I was, you know, good, So you faithful, have to be a strict adherence to basically get to heaven. Otherwise, you're fucked. Uh, not necessarily... Not strict to get to heaven. Like, I had no chance of gaining into heaven. Like, none whatsoever. Like, I wasn't chosen. Like... How do you know if you're chosen or not? See, that's the thing. You just know. And I was like, if that's a question, you're not chosen. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, so I uh, get... Wait, the fuck? Okay, so here's the thing. Like, the way they explain this is like, well... So privately you can have questions, but publicly do people like say they're chosen? 
I think I knew like two people who uh, they were really old. Uh, two people who said that they were um, anointed. Um, I was like, okay, sure, I guess. Like, I honestly don't really understand that because I'm not. And I honestly had no desire to go to heaven. Like, what would I do there? I have no idea. Um, but these, these <laughs> okay. people, they felt really strongly that they were going to heaven. They're like, yep, can't wait to get to heaven. Going to be seeing Christ and my brothers. And I was like, whoa, you, you know what's going on. And were I'm they like, like wise people? Like, did you? Yeah, yeah they were definitely like very lucid and knowledgeable and that level-headed, I guess, like trustworthy. So if you ever had the thought, am I a chosen one? You're not a chosen one. You're right. You can't like later on think like, okay, maybe I'm. So, um, there, there came like, can that happen? Can like people suddenly become chosen after not being chosen? Um, Yes, kind of rarely, but sure. Uh, basically, like, suppose that we have someone who's anointed, and, like, they're one of the 144,000. They're getting on mage, and, like, I don't know, maybe they commit a serious sin. Maybe they don't repent. Maybe they've just been living, like, a terrible life on the side. Like, yeah, they've been chosen, but, like, they did not attain, like, everlasting salvation. So, like, when they die, sorry, you're dead. But there's still that number. There's like 144,000 spots. So like someone else is going to take that place, I guess. So like someone could suddenly become chosen, just like wake up and like, whoa, I don't know what happened, but I'm anointed now. And everyone's like, what? Okay. And you just kind of take that person's word for it. Um, yeah, Some mind game shit going I on here. I don't know that I was 100% on board with that while I was within the faith. But um, What are like the sins like? The worst ones. I mean, the worst sin would be renouncing your faith. Um, like, anyone who does that is, like, in the Bible, likened to a dog returning to its vomit. Um, you are banished to... It in, sounds like some in, medieval shit. In Revelation, the last <laughs> okay. book of the Bible, Revelation, it says, like, like, you're banished to Gehenna, which is, like, the fiery death, which they don't interpret that bit literally, but it's basically, like, yep, you're totally not saved. You're dead. Um, super dead. Not coming back. Do you know the Bible more, more better than a Jehovah's Witnesses have to know the Bible, I guess, better than most people then? Cause I mean, I'm not a... I didn't study religion while I was in college, but I am very familiar with it. Um, and multiple translations as well. Um, you kind of have to be when you're going door to door and talking to different people. So y'all almost like they're training you to be almost salesmen. Yeah. Nice. I mean, kind of. I mean, and if you think about it, like if you truly believed in something like a belief and you knew it would save people, you'd want to tell other people about it so they could be saved too. Um, and you want to do that in the most effective manner possible. That's what they were training us to do. Just like any business, right? I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a business. I guess sure. Like, I don't. But Mormons, are the same thing. I was reading an article like uh, Mormons, especially those who have gone on mission. A lot of them apparently tend to be good salesmen. So this guy, he, I forget what company he started, but he only hires people that have been on mission, and they do well. They just they sell the shit out of things. So like, yeah, that's you, genius, honestly. To be honest, so you really have to. You have to be able to think on your feet. Um, like you have to be able to talk to a wide variety of people. I hate talking to people. Like, a well, lot. Give me the rundown. Give me the first time you ever went door-to-door. Like, what was this? Well, I mean, the, the first the time I went, like, I was with my mom holding her hand. And, like, 
for the longest time, I didn't say anything. But they're like, okay, come on, you really have to talk, like, eventually, you know, you gotta save some people, otherwise, I don't know, or you, are, can you really say that you've done your best? I'm like, oh gosh, I'm gonna have to talk. Ah. And How old so, are you? Uh, seven. Um, oh, wow, okay. Man, I don't like talking to people. But I realized I had to, like, to, to do what God wanted me to, I had to talk to people. So, um, first door I go to, I mean, I guess I was fortunate. I had, like, a little pamphlet, um, and I think, like, the only thing I said was, like, hi, this is about the Bible. Would you like to read it? And I, like, shoved it in their hand. They're like, oh, how cute. And then I'm, like, trying to run away from the door. Um, now, granted, that's because I was painfully shy. Um, eventually, I got a lot better at it. You, um, you try and find, like, ways to engage people before they shut the door. Because a lot of people... Disrespect, right? Just shut I the mean, hell up, or...? I mean, most people aren't going to tell a cute little girl to do that. Okay, um, yeah. Like, I, I had cuteness going for me. I had being a female going for me. Um, but, like, some people, like, make it kind of a game to find the most creative way to get rid of Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> I realize that. But we also had, like, ways to, um, like engage with people um so like maybe like some streets that you'd go on first off like you have to watch for no trespassing signs and everything because people are allowed to shoot you if you have that posted on your property um no trespassing signs yeah it's important always watching for those um sometimes in like really close-knit established neighborhoods you'd knock on one door they'd like tell you off and like the rest of the doors on the streets would be like not at homes it's because, like, one neighbor phoned other people down the street and be like, they're at it again. Um, so, like, sometimes going door-to-door really wasn't the most efficient way to find people. So um, they've definitely got other ways of doing that now. Um, they have telephone witnessing, where it's, like, you use a phone book directory, like, a list to call people. Um, I think that was before the do-not-call list came out, like, the directory, national directory. Um, they have letter writing for, if you want to write a letter and talk about like a couple of scriptures that you think might help people, you can do that. Um, you can find people at bus stations, like people at bus stations are super bored. Everyone's bored. And it's like, you can have a casual conversation and then at the end just be like, oh, by the way, here's a scripture sort of thing. Most people aren't offended by that. Um, so like there's a variety of ways to reach people, um, to share an idea that, they believe strongly in. Huh. Okay. So did you ever convert anyone? Me personally? Um, if we say convert as like take a person from totally non-believer all the way to baptism, I was not successful in doing that. Um, I helped a lot of people along the way. Um, and I helped a lot of people like after they were newly baptized because like it's not over once you get baptized. It's really just beginning. Um, but I can't say that I was, yeah, I didn't convert anyone directly. Was your mother able to do it? Uh, I think there was like one or two people that, um, she brought in and yeah, yeah, I guess. Wow. Okay. So you never had any like crazy stories though of like someone saying some complete, how many, how many, how many times, how often would you do it? Like. Would it be once Every a month, once a week? week? On Saturdays, and sometimes on Sundays, and sometimes on like 
during the summer, like the days are longer. So it's like, hey, Wednesday evening, let's go out. I'm like, all right, I have homework, but all like right. a family picnic type shit? Um, let's go out, let's convert oh. people. <laughs> let's go, yeah, door to door, like while it's still light out. It's like trick-or-treating, except instead of candy, it's literature. Um, yeah. Okay, let's say <laughs> you came to my door. All right. Ding dong, uh-huh. open the door. Hi, how's it going? What can I, how can I help you? Okay, um, we were sharing this thought with neighbors, and I'd probably open up my Bible, and I'd have a specific scripture in mind, uh, maybe several, depending on like who answered the door, and be like, maybe I just want to get your opinion on something real quick. Uh, would you mind reading this? And if I have you read it, like, one, you're too busy reading to like be like, wait, what the heck's going on here? Um, and two, like, I'm gathering myself while you're reading. It's, it's something short so that you're not stumbling over words. Then take it back. I'm like, okay, so what did you think about what you just read? And then you're like, oh, snap. Okay, I got to think. And so you're already, like, mentally engaged in the conversation. So, like, depending on what you think and where you go, um, it might just be a good conversation that ends there. You might say, like, you know, that was actually pretty interesting. And I might be like, well, I know that... You weren't expecting me, um, and I know you're probably pretty busy right now, but maybe I could come back some other time and share another thought with you. You'd probably say sure, so. Solid. You are a salesman. <laughs> well, I'm a teacher now, so. That is some sales technique to the max right there. That is that is really smart. The thing is, I was Would you ever, like, open the door and, like, just not, just be like, fuck this shit. And you see the person inside, you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like if I was butt naked, obese, I was smoking like a so, meth pipe or crack, would you be like, um, that might be the perfect opportunity, actually. Like, that guy might I be mean, Yeah. Um, with like naked people, no, we totally didn't have to like stay there. We'd just be like, oh, we see that you're busy and indisposed. Maybe we'll come back at a better time. And we'd like definitely write down that address as like a letter writing or a let's try and find this one in the phone directory sort of thing. Um, as far as like smokers or like weirdly tattooed or body modification people or like people who are just body modification. I don't know. Like <laughs> I was little, you know, things freak me out. Um what, I, what the fuck is body modification? Oh, just like like boobs? Oh, I I was thinking weird piercings and like people who look unconventional. Okay. Um like I don't know, you you see all sorts of stuff. Um, but if they, if they just look a little strange, like it's totally up to your judgment as to whether you continue or not. And like, just like keeping in the back of your mind, yeah, they might look weird, but this might be like the only chance they get at hearing salvation. Are you really going to let your prejudices get in the way of that sort of What kind of neighborhoods would you go to? Like, would you go to the hood? Would you go to rich people's houses? Uh, so each congregation had territories, which were like the surrounding neighborhoods. (laughs) Okay. So, um... Like, we went to the congregation we were zoned to. And, of course, since we were zoned in that congregation, we lived in the territory. So it's, like, the neighborhoods surrounding where most of the people lived. Um, So, like, sometimes, yeah, I'd run into my schoolmates. A little weird. Moderately weird. Um, Sometimes, like, and, of course, I lived out in KDISD. Um, Like, they've got some nice houses there. Really nice houses. They've also got some awesome. eh, houses there, okay. um, and like trailer parks. Um, How's that? They're all right. Um, usually, I found more success in poorer neighborhoods. Just like people are gonna give me the time of day. I don't know what it is. Um, 
like in richer neighborhoods, like I was much more likely, even if I'm smiling, polite and cute to like get a door slammed in my face or occasionally cussed out like, whoa, sorry about that. Hope your day gets better. <laughs> cussed out, that, that didn't happen too much though, it sounds like. Not too much, but like, you know, occasionally. And never pull a gun out or anything like that? Not on me. But sometimes, like, if that happens, like, the protocol is like, hey, uh, let the other people work in your street know that, and uh, let's move, you know? Get the fuck away. Yeah, like, we've had the cops called on us, um, and it's like, we do have free speech, so we're, like, totally allowed to do this. Um, You're not supposed to trespass. However, sometimes, like, the cops come out and they're like, we know you're allowed to do this, but for the sake of neighborhood peace, and we're like, oh, yeah, totally, we get it, we're... We'll move on. We'll do something else. Sort of How did you grow up? Did you grow up, uh, what class? Rich, poor, middle? Um, when I was little, like, uh, born to, like, early elementary school, so, like, third grade, I guess, we were, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but we were lower middle class. Uh-huh. We were middle class by the time I was, like, in sixth grade, and um, after my parents divorced, we dropped below the poverty line. Okay, do you live with your mother? Yes, after the divorce, yes. Okay, and so what was your dad during all this? Was he just kind of allowing it to happen? <laughs> so, uh, like I said, he was, like, pretty ambivalent to, like, the three time a week going to, um, going to you know, study, church, whatever. Um, but he definitely didn't want us going door to door. Um, so he was ambivalent to whatever we did in the evenings, as long as he knew that his children weren't going to be viewed as weird. Oh, okay. So he was trying to be more level-headed about it, or? Were you kind of, did you trust your dad more, or your mother more? (laughs) Um, My mom more. Um, Which is kind of weird to say. We don't really talk anymore, either me to either of my parents. Okay. Yeah. And is it because you left? With my mom, it's because I left uh, the faith. With my dad, it's because I joined the faith. It's like a giant catch-22. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. You're stuck in limbo. A wee bit, yeah. I mean, I guess I could call up my dad right now. Um, But that's really just a whole other can of worms. He's not really so great of a person. Okay, so when did that happen? Like, when did you you start to question the Jehovah's Witness, like the faith and everything? Well, I don't know that I honestly ever completely bought into it. Like, yeah, I realized, like, I should do this because it makes me a good person. I felt, though, like, over time, especially while I was in college, I was definitely pretending to be a good person. Like, I was doing all these things because the Bible tells me to. Um, Not because I want to, but, like, if I don't do them, then I'm bad. Um... And, like, I had a lot of friends who were just, like, loosen up a little bit. And they were really nice people. Um, Kind, calm, understanding. I was more uh, rigid. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Les Miserables or anything, but there's a character in there called Javert who's, like, the cop, and he's he's very rigid in his beliefs, goes around arresting people. Lots of righteous indignation. He's very by the books. I was very by the books. I saw things in black and white, like, nope, that's definitely wrong. Or, like, I should be doing that because it is the right thing to do according to this book. Uh Um, 
But then I realized that they were like, I was surrounded by people who were like genuinely good, like kind. They, they didn't necessarily have like a, a religious code telling them what to do. They just knew what was right. And I was like, wow, that's so weird. Um, how do they know what's right sort of thing? Um, so. Were you kind of a perfectionist growing up then? I, mm, I don't think so. Like, do Jehovah's Witnesses think they're better than everyone else? No, no, not quite. Um, like, I think most Jehovah's Witnesses are pretty good people. Like, I would be so happy to have them as my friends. Prince is I one, think, isn't he? Say again? Prince, is, Prince was one, wasn't he? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I fuck with Prince, though, so I mean, <laughs> Yeah. Like, I think most of them are good people. Yeah. I didn't feel like a good person, though. I felt like I was pretending. Like, honestly, how much of this stuff did I actually believe? Like, did I believe I would go to paradise? Eh, probably not. But why exactly um, were you sin- what are you sinning about? Like, what was their views on, like, sex and stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. No sex before marriage. Okay. Like, at all. That's not, like, don't. Um, if you, uh, do, like, uh, you'll be kicked out or, well, okay, not kicked out. You will have, have removed yourself from the congregation. You will have been dis- disfellowshipped, is I think some of the old terminology that they would have used. Um, but what if you join later on in life and you've already done all these things? Well, though? I mean, okay, so if you join later on in life, like part of the, the studying process to become one of Jehovah's Witnesses is like you're, you're learning about all the Bible-based beliefs and like you're like, oh, snap, that's wrong. And they're like, yep. And you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. So, like, admitting that you were wrong and repenting and, like, praying to God, like, please forgive me about that because that was really a bad move on my part, even though I didn't know, is um, pretty important. So once you're converted, though, you got to be straight and narrow. You can't fuck yep. around. Uh, okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. That's how it's supposed to be. If, But, like, people are imperfect. Like, yes, they make mistakes. So, like, suppose... I don't know, moment of weakness, you totally slept with, I don't know, a bunch of people, and um, you totally weren't married to them. So you get kicked out. If you make the effort to get back in, you're like, oh, snap, I fudged up, I made a mistake, and I'm really sorry. Um, After a certain period of time, you can show that you're repentant, and you'll be reevaluated and maybe let back in. Who's doing the reevaluation here? It's like a... So it's... um, the elders of the congregation. Um, there's there's lots of layers, but like it starts with the elders at the congregational level. Yes. How many, what the fuck, how many, there's layers? Like there's like... Oh yeah, it's super organized. So like, yeah, I was just in like one congregation of like, I don't know, somewhere between 100 and 200 people. Yeah. But like... That'd be kind of weird to have a building that's only used, like, two nights a week and, like, once on Sunday. Like, we can be more efficient than that. So we pack, like, a bunch of congregations into one building where they're, like, rotating nights sort of thing and, like, multiple services on Sunday, one for each congregation. So it's, well, more efficient. Um, So, like, my congregation... I have, like, friends in other congregations, but they use the same building. I have friends in other congregations that are in different buildings. Um... And, like, the network of congregations builds a, uh, builds a circuit. You're like, what the heck is a circuit? A circuit is, um, now I'm being redundant, it's a network of congregations. 
And it's overseen by someone named, like, called a circuit overseer. That's, like, their title. So they're, like, an elder who studied super hard, and they're, like, pretty good at what they do. They're good at talking to people. Um, very kind, very shepherding. And they're, like, checking in on each congregation to make sure that, like, the elders are doing their job and that each flock is okay. So, like, within the circuit, or sorry, at the circuit level, you get a couple of circuits going, maybe two, three, I don't know how many are in a district. They have a district. Um, so you have, like, a district, which I don't remember my district number, um, but, like, districts are what they use to organize, like, their assemblies, their conventions, which are, like, really big gatherings where they have um, maybe two or three days' worth of instruction sometimes. Um, I don't know if you pay attention in the summer. Sometimes they pass out leaflets for them. Like, they used to be held at the Astrodome. They moved to Reliance Stadium once. It's huge. Um, but it happens during the summer. And there's, um, at, at least in this area, and there's a couple of weekends that, they have multiple, like, several districts going to. Um, after the district There's level, someone that had, that's in charge of the district. A district overseer, yeah. So the um, circuit overseer? Mm-hmm. And, and is there anyone below the circuit overseer? Or? Uh, the elders. Um, and uh, then there's just regular people. Uh, there's also, like, the people who help the elders, which are called ministerial servants. So, like, they handle microphones. They do lots of, like, little things. They, they handle literature, like, passing that out. And then there's um, you at the bottom. Uh, so they, they kind of do the inverted model where they flip it, um, where like each time you, you climb up or you level up, you're actually serving way more people. Um, so it's like, you could view it as leveling up or you could just view it as like, that's way more responsibility depending on your, your point of view. Holy shit. That sounds like a fucking fortune 500 company. Okay. Keep going up. (laughs) Okay. So like there's several districts within a state. Um, honestly, I didn't really ever climb that high, clearly. Um, what, what were you? I was a regular person. Okay. Um, I, I was one of Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. Um, they have, um, so like headquarters is in, it used to be in Brooklyn, New York. I don't know if it moved since then. Um, where basically they have, um, like their printing facilities where they make the literature and they ship it out. Um, they also have a place called Bethel, which is um, where like a lot of missionaries have their home base, and it's um, they do a lot of training there. It's kind of a really cool experience to get to go there for a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. Holy fuck! And okay. the, every time you go up, the guy who's in charge, he's just a better like speaker. Like, I don't want to say a better speaker because it wasn't supposed to be about like. Uh, what humans deem to be like great qualities sort of thing. Uh Um, It was really supposed to be like, who is going to be really great for this group of people to shepherd this flock? That's absolutely Um, fascinating. Yeah. Eventually when you get to, um, it sounds so weird to call it the top, but um, I guess the highest one could climb would be like the governing body, uh, which is, it's fairly small. Um, ooh, I don't know how many people are on it now. Somewhere between, like, I want to say 7 and 12. Um, and it's a committee of men who... Only men. Yes. Um, committee of men who... Um, they um, 
I want to say that they decide. I mean, that's what it sounds like they do now from like my outside perspe- perspective, but that's definitely not how it was framed for us when I was in the organization. Um, they help deliver guidance. So like sometimes there's going to be like weird issues that pop up um, sort of thing. Like, I don't know, when online dating was new, it was kind of like, ooh, is this something that Jehovah's Witnesses can do? Like some people are like super quick adopters with changing technology and some people are like, ooh, this sounds sinful sort of thing. Like yeah. what's what's the verdict? So it's not like there's verdicts per Tinder's se. Tinder's not cool. <laughs> not if you're a good Jehovah's Witness. Like what are you doing on that app? Come on. You're you not going to meet it. You're swiping not swiping go- right and left all over the place. You're not going to meet another Jehovah's Witness on Tinder. So I don't know what you're looking there for. Um <laughs> So, okay. yeah, um, yeah, and they offer direction and, like, a lot of new releases. Like, everything's approved through that um, through that channel. Okay, this is set up straight up like a, a full-out organization. This is awesome. Okay, yeah, it then, is. It really um, is. So you got older, though, and then you – college, you said, is when you kind of started to question some of these things. And not necessarily question it, but you yeah. started to realize other people weren't as bad. Like, they're good people, too. Yeah, like, so I was actually – I was a bad person probably when I looked at it. Like Why I you say that? I did things because I was told to do them, not because I wanted to do them. Um, I was very like Does it make you bad or just misguided? I don't know, maybe both. Um but like if you okay, you got to view it from my perspective. Like okay. I'd be like going around not externally judging cuz judging is bad. But like judging in my head, you know, like man, that's ridiculous. Whoa, that looks so slutty sort of thing. You and set like, yourself up so it's such a high standard, though. It's kind of hard not to, though, right? And you kind mm, of, you're believing that, I'm, I'm assuming. That's an interesting perspective. I hadn't really considered that. Um, but basically, I met, like, a lot of really cool, down-to-earth people. And I was like, whoa, I may have totally misjudged them. And then I was like, what else have I misjudged? Hmm, yeah. What else did you misjudge? Well, I don't know that, I'm going to backtrack a little. I don't know that I misjudged other things, but, okay, well, something I misjudged. I thought I would be able to stick it out in the faith. Like, even though I'm not, like, 100% bought in, I'm, like, 75, 80% bought in. I was like, yeah, I can live this lifestyle. It'll... So you always questioned it to some... You never questioned it, or are you kind of always, like... You just went with the motions. You never felt stressed out about it. You never felt like. Do I want to live my life like this? It's kind of a mix of those. Like, yeah, like the whole Christmas and holidays things never bothered me at all. I'm just like, yep, that's how it is. So I guess I like didn't question because I had believed that part. Like I was firm in the belief like, yeah, these are pagan, whatever. I shouldn't be doing it. Um, But like. Pagan is something where you're. Um, it, it's like a non-Christian origin. Okay. That's what I'm using it as. Um, but as far as like what, like afterlife and other, like, that, I don't know, that's a pretty big portion of the faith. I wasn't bought into it. Like, yeah, I'm telling other people that like if they're good, they can live a life in paradise earth for like eternity. But like, let's be real. It's not happening. I don't know. Um Again, that didn't bother me for the longest time because I was like, eh, since I don't believe, I'll just be dead and it'll be fine. Woo. Um, which sounds really weird to say now. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought like, well. So it's a gradual process, kind of. 
kind of. The thing is, like, I realize I've experienced way more resistance in trying to step out than it would be to stay in sort of thing. Like, I've got my family, I've got so many friends in the congregation. Um, and that would just be like a giant disappointment to so many people. And I was like... When did your parents divorce during this time? Uh, divorce was finalized when I was in ninth grade. They separated officially in the middle of eighth grade for me, so... Did yeah. any questions come up then, too, or are you kind of just... No, that... It, mm-hmm. No, there were no questions at that time. It was just a lot going on. Like, my dad was... Uh, he was a wife beater and like eventually like my mom stayed with him because like divorce is not scriptural as long as like no one's cheating sort of thing. So she's like, I'm going to stick this out and do what the good book says. Fine mom. Um, but when like my dad, he like kind of lost it. Um, like he would drink a lot and he was really mad at her for like, you know, taking us out door to door sort of thing. And, um, well, finally, he, like, raised his hand, and he hit my sister. He broke her glasses, like, while they were on her face. And then my mom's just like, and peace, we're out. So, like, we called the cops again. And this time, she's like, yeah, he needs to leave. Um, so that's what perpetuated the divorce, I, I guess, and if it's, like, a giant, huge event sort of thing. Um, and while it had religion probably deep-seated in the roots, I didn't I didn't ascribe the divorce to, like, the Jehovah's Witness faith. You didn't know how like, to take that in at the time. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a lot to yeah, process. Lot. Um, but, yeah, I didn't blame the religion for it. I was just like, man, my dad's crazy. So mom made the right decision then? Finally, yeah. And you couldn't wait for that to happen? Yep. It was so stressful living at home. So, like, once he was gone, like, I know a lot of kids are like, when will my parents get back together? That was never the case. Um, we were definitely like, Wow. We can breathe again. Were there any thoughts like, oh, this is happening because I'm not, I'm sinning kind of thing? Is that? No. No. I was, I don't want to say rational in that way, but no, that, that was never a thought for me. Okay. So then you, uh, you got older, you started to see other people, how they're living, that they're actually good people. Yeah. And then what was like the kicker where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Um, actually it just came down to like a matter of time. So like. Um, after I graduated, I had joined TFA. TFA, um, Teach for America, is kind of a grueling program over the summer where it's like you have a induction and then it's like you have a couple of weeks where it's like they're teaching you how to teach and it's all fun and games. Then they introduce you to the students and the students can eat you alive simply because you have no practice. Um, and that's like your practice. So you have like five weeks of how do I make these kids learn? And it's so emotionally intense. You're drained at the end of every day. Like you're waking up before six and you're going to bed sometimes 11.30, midnight, one, because you're prepping all your materials. And it's the first time you've ever done anything, so it takes forever. So I was in this really like draining environment. But like, I'm still Jehovah's Witness. I still have to go to like my, uh, my Sunday meetings and uh, go door to door. I was so sleep deprived and I found myself like not really caring at all. Like I, this is like, I I fell asleep during meetings um, or the services that they held. Um, And I was like trying my best to like put in a good effort sort of thing. But I'm just like, I'm not really interested anyway. So I like, kind of stuck with it ish like going to some but not 
all. So like I was getting busier. Then like when my August came around to get my first real classroom, they give me freshmen. And um, man, so now I'm like prepping all my own materials and it's like really intense because I'm teaching an EOC subject and like, man, now I have Tuesday night Bible study and I'm like, ah, Tuesday night. That's like time that I should be spending grading papers and like prepping for stuff. Like I don't have time for this. But um, I'd get there and I'd go there. And like when I get there, I just wasn't satisfied with what I was quote unquote learning. Like it felt like I was rehashing things that I'd already known since forever. And I didn't find it enjoyable at all. So I just went to fewer and fewer and fewer uh, meetings. So eventually like uh, my first year of teaching, November rolls around. Um, I got to see my family because I have time off and um, we hang out. It was pretty good. I think that was like the last normal hangout that we had. Um, afterward, uh, probably while your friend recommended me for this story, he got to see this little bit in action. Um, fast forward, January. Still my first year of teaching, but we're now we're in January. Um, I had a friend who had a wedding and, um, your mutual friend was there. Um, and I knew all these people from Rice at this wedding. It was great. It was super cute. Um, and our mutual friend went ahead and he didn't have a place to stay. He was kind of just couch crashing and surfing and he was winging it, which is hilarious. Um, and so like at the end of the wedding, he's like, uh, hey, can I, uh, can I crash at your place? And I was like, oh yeah, sure, totally. And I was like, wait, let me check with my roomie. Um, so I do and she's like, oh yeah, he's totally cool. This is because our mutual friend is a platonic friend. Nothing would ever, ever, ever happen. Um, and like, yeah, you can totally stay on the couch, dude. And he's like, all right, thanks. So I drive him back, good conversation, crashes on the couch, everything's fine. Um, so the wedding was on Saturday and then, okay, so we wake up the next day on Sunday, we're chatting in the living room. And then mutual friends like, hey, can you uh, drop me back off on university campus? I've got some people I wanna see while I'm in Houston. I'm like, sure thing, dude. Um, I was like, I can drive you there. And so, like, we hop in my car and, like, turn it on, drive toward my apartment gates. And uh, once I get just outside the gates, like, another car starts honking at me. And I was like, that's weird. I'm totally in my lane. Nothing's wrong. Um, it was my mom. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh. So, uh, yeah, just chill there in the passenger seat. Do not get out of the car. Because <laughs> I really didn't know how this was going down. So, um I step out of the car and I go over to my mom's window because she's beckoning me over with her finger. And she's like, what's going on? I was like, yeah, I'm taking uh, my friend back to campus. And she's like, what's going on? And I was like, yep, that's really just what's happening, mom. And she's like, why haven't you been going to the meetings on Sundays? And I was like, well, uh, to be honest, I got kind of busy, you know? And she's like, well, you know that immorality is not the answer. I mean, that's not exactly what she said. It was slightly more crass, I'm sure. But um, I was like, whoa, 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 mom. It's not like that. He's just a friend. Like, honest, I swear. And she's like, she was so pissed. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, well, I, uh, I kind of got to take him. And she's like, well, you're coming home tonight. And I was like, ha ha. 
but I'm busy, mom, because I'm a teacher and I really can't come home on a Sunday night. And she's like, you're coming home or I am coming to visit you again tonight here at your apartment. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going home. So, whew. yeah, I went home, had that long conversation. Like, yeah, I'm just really not feeling it. Um, I think she was more concerned if I was, if I was fucking our mutual friend. I was like, nope, definitely not mom. Nope. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Like, nope, I'm still pure in that regard. We're good. Um, and she's like, Hmm. All right. I believe you. I was like, yes. Cause it was true, but yes, victory. And she's like, but in addition to finding out that I hadn't been going to uh, the meetings, like some of my friends from the congregation had gotten concerned cause they like, hadn't seen me in a while, like a, a long while, granted. It was like maybe four months. Um, they had uh, reached out to my mom. They had started Facebook snooping. Like, I don't keep, I'm a kind of private person. Um, I don't know if you checked out my Facebook before this, but like, I keep it kind of locked down. But they had gone snooping through like any albums that were available to them. They saw that I had gone on a spring break trip to the Smoky Mountains with friends and these friends included guys from my university again there was no sleeping together everything was fine but she's like I saw these pictures and I was just like whoa mom you don't even have a Facebook how'd that come down she's like people I guarantee you though some of those girls were some hoes out there man there's no way <laughs> there's no way well I mean no comment I don't know their life but like okay go ahead yeah so like she was really pissed at me and I was just like yeah so I don't really know what to tell you. She's like, well, I know what I expect from you. And like, you need to straighten up and fly right. And I was like, yeah, well, I don't know if I can agree to that sort of thing. Um, so that was like, I don't know, the bit where we got kind of icy-ish. Um, like, I don't know, seven or eight months later, I did mention to her, like, so mom, I uh, have a boyfriend. She broke down in tears. She was sobbing. You dating somebody. I did, yeah. Um, and he was not a Jehovah's Witness. No, he wasn't. He was He was also from the university. Um, again, we weren't sleeping together. But, like, she was just like, oh, no, we've lost her. Uh, and I was like, no, mom, he's really nice. Like, maybe you should meet him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Woo! Nope. They, they never had the chance to meet. We dated for... Almost a year, but she was just not ready for that. Yeah. So when's the point that you cut the axe? You're done. Uh, like with the religion? Yeah. So actually, that's it's still of, in the process. I haven't started the process. I just kind of disappeared and went off the radar. So as far as they're concerned, I am. Uh, probably labeled as inactive right now meaning like i haven't turned in field service report you still time. might go back no okay no it's just that if i formally renounce my faith then i'm not going to be permitted to like talk to my mom my sister my little brother and you don't want to go through with that yeah obviously like, for obvious reasons yeah. are you still close with you Do you still talk to your sister no brother ish like are they all younger i have an older sister she's three years older and um i have an older half brother he's pretty chill but um yeah he's not one of jehovah's witnesses um and i have like my younger brother he's uh 
five, almost six years younger than me. So, like, I tried to keep the lines of communication open with him, but it's kind of tough because he still lives with my mom. He's currently going to one of the other universities in town. And so, like, I tried texting him, but, like, he had uh, gotten rid of his phone. It, yeah, long story. Anyway, I was like, dude, maybe we should, like, get you a phone. So we, like, bought him a phone. And I was like, maybe I should put you on my cell phone plan so you don't have to worry about overages and everything. So it's, like, pay for his cell phone plan. As it is currently, his phone's been, like, broken. I don't know what that means, but, like, broken for the past three-ish months or so. So I haven't heard from him. When's the last time you seen your mom? Um, actually, when I told her that I had a boyfriend. So it's been a... More than a year, more than, ooh, wow, two years, two, almost three years, yeah. Have you tried to contact her? She's not really that fun to talk to. Um, like, she and I are kind of different in a lot of ways. Um, and while at first she'd be like, oh, I'm so happy to hear from you, it would quickly devolve into a, so when are you going to get your life together sort of thing and come back. And I'm like, yeah, no. You think you're happier on this end or the other end? I mean, it's kind of hard to say, like, what is happiness? Um, I definitely have, like, freedom to do more things. I really do miss my family and, like, a lot of the friends that I had in the congregation. And, like, it's actually amazingly hard to make new friends it used to be so easy to make friends because it's like you'd walk into a congregation you'd see someone your age and you'd be like oh hey my name's so-and-so what's yours and you're like tell you your name and then you're like we have so much in common like you have your faith you both dress kind of snazzy um yeah you just had so many instant friends i mean instant friends like eh but like they turned into lifelong friends like people that you've known since forever you still talk to some of those people or even they don't talk to you so the people I was close with, um, they, um, yeah, we don't talk anymore. Wow. And for the same amount of time for a year. Um, well, like this happened during my first year of teaching. So, um, yeah, it's two going on three years now. So have you thought about joining back up just because you miss all of them? So, like, no. Like, as much as I miss them, that would require me to say, like, I am sorry, I repent, I was wrong, and I don't know that I am. Like, I felt pretty darn phony when I was in, like, when I was, I guess, pretending to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and, like, that would be a lie, like, a lie to them, a lie to myself, a lie to God, I guess. Um, yeah. Huh. So what do you, what's the future hold for you? You think you're I taking mean, it day by day? I mean, isn't everyone? Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Like, I have a lot of options um, in that, like, I guess I'm not really rooted to Houston anymore. Like, I have family here, but do they talk to me? really so I I could go anywhere 
um, uh, when I was at university, like I made a lot of really great friends and now they live all over the world. So I can actually like go and visit them now. Um, even my guy friends, like for spring break this actually last week, I went up and visited a male friend of mine in Seattle and we went camping for a bit. Um, which is something that I totally would not have been able to do had I still been a practitioner of the faith. Um, and again, it's not like anything happened. Um, it's just, I wouldn't have been able to do that and maintain that friendship. I mean, you can go through like a hoe phase if you want. <laughs> I mean, like the whole point is not to be do funny. It, do it, Dude, do it, do it. no, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it, go for it. Just wow. go to like, go to like uh, Japan or something. Just go oh crazy. Oh my god! I don't know if they go crazy in Japan. I don't know either. I wouldn't know talk that to me, sort Talk of to thing. Our, our mutual friend about it. I will drop this name. <laughs> He'll tell you all about it. Wow, no comment. So what's on the bucket list then? What do you plan on doing that you couldn't do before? Okay, so like most of my bucket list is travel. Like I've never been to Europe. Um, I've hardly been outside the country. In fact, the... You couldn't have traveled before that? No, it's not that I couldn't have traveled. It's just that... Like, who am I going to travel with? I need to travel with, like, a group of girls. I need to travel with people, like, that get... Too many restrictions. Yeah, I don't like saying that because, honestly, it's not too many. It's just, it it felt like it to me. Okay. Um, Yeah. So, like, I don't want to paint, like, all of the religion as being, like, super restrictive. It's not. It's just, it didn't jive well with me. Um, Yeah, so, like, now I can travel and, like... Listen, go crazy, go crazy, go to Europe, go to some Tomorrowland, drop some Molly, take some shrooms, you know, just live some life. Like, see, that's what a lot of people do once they, like, leave the faith. They feel like they've been so restricted. Yeah, drop some shrooms, have an orgy, and do some crazy shit. I don't know. But I never felt that restricted. It was just, like, a couple of things, and, like, in the end, it just left me feeling phony. So, like, I don't feel like I need to go out and, like, get So, still saving for marriage. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, that means not. Fuck uh, yes. So, like, the whole point of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, like, that makes sense if that is a belief system you subscribe to. Like, my roomie, hardcore Christian, and, like, that's what she goes for because she believes you got that it God in. wants it. Hell God. yes. So the point is, like, I no longer feel... Hell yes! (laughs) (laughs) See, I don't know that God necessarily requires that of me. Now, does it mean that I'm, like, going around and, like, screening all the people I date? I'm like, uh, no. Um, Go for it. Go travel. Go fuck. I mean, I'm definitely going to go travel. Hell yes. like, yeah, I'm sure I'll get there eventually. Um, (laughs) Hell yes. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. Okay. Um, besides traveling, they have like a lot of skills I want to build. I mean, not that being a Jehovah's Witness ever stopped me from any of these skills, but, you know, you asked me about bucket lists. Like, I want to learn how to ride a ripstick. Like, that seems cool. Like the little skateboards with like a single yeah. front. Yeah. Um, I tried it once and I, yeah, that was ridiculous. I want to try again. Um, I want to get really good at what I do. Right now I'm a teacher. I want to get really, really good at that. I don't know if it's my forever job, but um, I just want to go into beast mode and teaching. Hell like, yes. I, I walk beast in. mode the fuck up. Yeah. Kids like high test scores. They shut up when I walk in. They talk when I tell them to talk and they get my sense of humor. That would be like excellent. Awesome. Um, 
yeah, so I feel like I have options. I maintain a small, a small group of friends that I guess I wasn't judgy enough to scare them away. So like I still have a few um, and I'm working on building more. It kind of sounds like you, uh, you kind of have a new life. A wee bit, yeah. That's interesting, though, you know, because I'm assuming a lot of people go through something similar, like, just not as openly about it. Maybe. I'm sure it's kind of common. I don't know. You might be able to help people about it, too, right? So I'm sure it's not over. The story's not over. It can't be over yet. I mean, definitely not. But, like, again, it's never been my goal to, like, find faithful Jehovah's Witnesses and just be like, hey, come over here, kid. You want to hear a story and, like, try and drag them away? That was good. (laughs) Thanks. Like, it was actually, like, growing up, my little brother's, like, five, six years younger than me. Uh Um, I really didn't want to influence his decision as to whether he became a Jehovah's Witness or whether he didn't. Um, Like, I feel like that's a pretty personal choice. And, like, if he goes down that route, then I'm like, all right, you've made that choice and, like, you understand what it means. And, like, all right. That's what I, I'm I saying. You. I think it's yeah. important to have your own journey and find your own thoughts and processes on it, right? Like, yeah. at some point, you have to question what you're told. Like, a lot of what my parents taught me were true and good. I, I hold on to them, right? All but right. a lot of it's like, I don't know if I subscribe to that. Like, I'm good. I'm going to do this thing and try this out for a little bit. Fair enough. If I fuck up, I mean, it's on me. I'm a man now. I have to deal with it. I think that's the point. Like, the perfectionist thing you were talking about, I get mm-hmm. that totally. I think most people do. Like, they all want to be good at something. They want to be perfect at something, right? It's like, and like you're, you're going to be hard on yourself. That's just how it goes. I and uh, I mean, because, and I think the point is, like, if we're not supposed to be perfect, though, right? It's That's the whole point of life. Like, if I'm just living perfectly this whole time, like, I didn't experience anything. True. Very true. I think that. But, no, you're a good person. You're solid. Sounds like you're about to go around. You're about to hoe out out here. You know what I mean? Which is awesome. <laughs> Stay protected out here. Wow. I'm curious to find out what happens in the next couple of years with this, too. Like, the story's not over. There's a lot of hope here. It sounds good. (laughs) I appreciate it, bro. All right. It was great meeting you. Uh Jimmy Dean once said, I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination. I don't know who the fuck Jimmy Dean is, but that sounds fitting. Stay blessed.